Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and we have uh, Jonathan Gallo speaking this morning. Lord, we ask you to give him your anointing, give you fill his mouth and heart with the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church here in Plano, Texas. It's awesome to see everybody's faces. We have new visitors. Uh, welcome. And as more and more pop in, uh, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Um, we're excited today because today is a special day. Today is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Amen? So today we have a special topic for you. Um, lately I've been reading the Bible and this is something that has been uh, on my heart. And so I'm really excited to share this topic. It's one of the parallels in the Bible and it's slowly growing to be my favorite. Um, and it's called the Bride of Christ. So the Bride of Christ is you, is me, is the church. And that's what we're going to go through. So my hope and prayer today is that we can unravel some of the verses in the Bible and we can start seeing our true calling as the bride of Christ and what Jesus Christ has intended through Scripture for us to understand. Amen? All right. So we start with 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7. So this is the one verse that, that kind of stuck in my head, and I was wondering why did it say the way that it said so it says, for a man indeed, and a little bit of context. This is about instructions of how to praise and how to worship publicly. So 1 Corinthians 11 says, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. So that kind of replayed in my head over and over, and I was like, okay, so man is the image and glory of God. And woman is the glory of man. Huh, okay. So what is glory? So I started researching a little bit more. I went into the Blue Letter Bible to get a definition of glory. And this is kind of one of the tricky things about reading in the dictionary because it's almost circular reasoning. It uses itself in its definition. So I was like, well, now what? So glory is uh, honor, glorious abundance. Um, there's six definitions there, abundance and riches honor, splendor, and glory. Uh, you honor based off of dignity. You honor based off of reputation. Honor in reverence, and, and again, glory and glory. So I was like, hmm. And as I continued to study, I realized whenever you glorify, here's, here's how I see it. Glorify is to reveal one's true character through the evidence of speech, action, or imagery. So whenever you honor somebody, you generally tell them to their face. You say, wow, I really enjoy your craft. I like how you do this. I love how you dress. I do this. Uh, and Or with the imagery, you, I mean, even Princess Diana, I think they're trying to build a statue for her. So in imagery, you know, they want to build statues for people and exonerate them with, with that. With action, if you love somebody and you honor them, you will act a certain way around them. Amen. So that's how I see glorifying, is to reveal one's true character. So, man was created for God's glory. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 7, it says, Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yeah, I have made him. All right? So we were created in the image and the likeness of God for his glory. We point back to him. That's why we glorify the Father. 
So we also, when we function as originally purposed, we glorify God. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So you see here, action. The way that we act, the way that we hold ourselves, it's an upright, it's a statute, it's, it's, how, it's how we carry ourselves within this world. People recognize, hmm, there's something different about that guy. I want to know what it is. And that's happened to me several times. Um, just a quick testimony is I used to work at this place, um, a, a fire protection place. And I would always talk to everybody, and I would chat, and I would just be very friendly. And there was one day where this guy that I don't normally hang out with, he invited me to lunch. He said, hey, Jonathan, uh, there's a place that I found. It's uh, Endless Sushi. Are you down? And I said, did you say Endless Sushi? Of course I'm down. Like, let's go. What, where, what are we doing here? So we left, and we sat down. It was just me and him. So uh, I was getting to know him a little bit better. His name was George. And so I said, yeah, so George, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. He said, oh, before that, I wanted to ask you, like, it seems that you're always at peace. It seems that, that there's something about you. you you've, it looks like you have it together. And there's just something different. Like, what is it? Say, well, I put my chopsticks down and I was able to share, <laughs> I was able to share the gospel with him. And, and he, I feel like that, that peace in his life, it transformed him and, and he reaches out to me every so often, which is a very sweet thing. So to glorify God, let's go back to the beginning in Genesis. Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. My gosh. I mean, that, that's amazing to think about, that we were created from the Father to the Son. We were created in his image and in his likeness. So the likeness is probably how we should be holding ourselves, how we should be carrying ourselves as Christians, as believers, people that know the truth. We hold on to it, and we, we follow through with our actions. Amen? That's our belief system. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every cattle and all the earth, over the earth, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. That's an interesting one for this generation. Male and female, he created them. But that's for a different day. All right. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, Paul reminds us, For all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. We have fallen short, carrying and bearing his image, but how we act. It's almost like it, it says in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus, he came into this world who knew him not, but he was the one that created it. And those people, they, they even wanted to reject who Jesus Christ is. And, you know, we have a duty here bearing his image that we can glorify God by the way that we look, by the way we talk with one another. It says, always grace your speech, um, grace your speech with a little bit of salt, which is like seasoning, right? Um, so, yeah, glorify God. We have fallen. But the good news is Jesus Christ, our Messiah. It says that he is the perfect. It says the sun radiates. The sun radiates God's own glory. 
and expresses the very character of God. So that kind of confirmed my definition of glorifying because it was the actual character of God that Jesus was resembling. So we have that as a perfect example. He came here on this earth. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He came so that we could see what a true life living in freedom, living in power, in dominion, in authority should look like whenever we lost it with Adam and Eve. There's even more good news. So we're talking about the bride of Christ here, right? So it actually says that Jesus claims that he is the bridegroom. So if he's the bridegroom, there must be a bride somewhere, right? And I have, a, I have some friends in the audience who just got merrily, fresh, freshly, freshly squeezed uh, <laughs> marriage. So I'm, I'm really excited for them. They're beautiful people. Um, so it says John chapter 3, verse 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. So there was a fulfillment there. Jesus was saying, this is being fulfilled. The bridegroom is in your presence. Here I am. So now we're, we're ready to see, okay, who's the bride? All right, let's check it out. All right, so now we're going to get into a little bit of Hebrew background. And this is where things started to, to change for me. It started to become so powerful. As, as I was unraveling the man is the glory of God and woman is the glory of man, it was like an onion. You know, you, you peel back a revelation and there's so many more levels, so many more layers, and it's beautiful. And you keep on peeling and it's like, I didn't see it before. And this is all throughout scripture. This is so beautiful. So it's my prayer to go through this Hebrew traditions and walk you through it the best that I can to my knowledge. And hopefully that you guys will be encouraged and see what I see as well. So betrothal, the definition of betrothal is to promise by one's truth. It's completely different than today's modern age engagement. Engagement is like, eh, I'm a little bit more serious with you. Okay, let, let's, let's test this out, you know. Um, but to be promised by one's truth, that is a huge commitment. You know, usually whenever I say something, I, I have to deliver. I have to do it because if I don't, then people will take my word for nothing, yep. right? So that's the same thing with, with truth. It's about your character. It's about... Who you are, you want to stay true to that one person. It's not about saying, yeah, let's get engaged. Here's a ring and, you know, let's see how it goes. No, this is your entirety. You give that other person your complete everything, your all. It's very serious. So according to the Hebrew traditions, and we can compare it in the biblical times as well. Betrothal in Hebrew is called kedushin, which means sanctification where the bride and the bridegroom don't live with each other during this process. This was a time for the bride to prepare for marriage. So during this time, whenever they get betrothed, uh, there, there was a promise, there was a covenant, and there was an idea that was put in place. And that idea was not anything light. It actually started something that was similar to marriage. When, once you're betrothed, you are considered that other person's already. They didn't have to take a wedding and a ring and all that stuff. You were betrothed to them. They are one. And so at that point, the man leaves to go and create a place for his wife. So that's kedushin, sanctification. Number two, there is a bride price involved. And the bride price 
Uh, it gets a lot of our mindsets today. You know, sometimes it offends us to, to even think that we could put a price on a person, but that's more of a subjective kind of thinking. So if you take it back to, to the context of this culture, um, and I have two beautiful daughters, so you know, I think about it in, in that light too. If I marry my daughters off, well, I feel like I'm losing something. You know, I, I've, I've grown them to the best of my ability to be God-fearing women. And of course, they're only two and not even <laughs> one. So they probably don't know what, what fear really means. But um, uh, they know what melon is. <laughs> you know, the, the bride price, it, it's put in place so that you can honor the bride's family. Okay? So what that means essentially is they recognize that it took time, it took a bunch of resource, and it took love, and, and you're losing something great. It's a relationship that you've established with your daughter for years, right? And so one day up and she up and leaves. Well, it's not just that, but back in the day, they didn't have, you know, the convenience that we do today. The women were actually, you know, hands, hands to the ground. Everybody was all hands on deck. So everybody was used, and everybody had a purpose. So whenever you lose somebody, you're losing a, a lot. And so in place of that, it's almost like, hey, I understand that you're losing X, Y, and Z, but to appreciate you all and to replace and, and to give you additional resources to help, here, this is, this is the bride price. So that's bride price paid from the groom, um, actually the father of the groom, to the bride's wife, or the bride's family, bride's wife. All right, number three, very interesting. Bread and wine, okay? So to formalize the betrothal process, future groom and his father knock on the door of the bride's father's house. And if they choose, the bride's father can allow the groom and the father to enter. And if they do, that's basically an invitation saying, we accept. We accept your invitation. Come on in. Let's dine. And they would break bread together, and they would enjoy some wine. And whenever they do that, that sealed the covenant. And that's where the betrothal begins, right? That's whenever they said, okay, this is official. Um, we've, we've broken bread. We drank wine. Now let's, let's get on with it. And so the, the groom and the father leave, and they start preparing. All right, number four is the groom will prepare a place for his bride at his father's house. Um, back in the day, is more about agriculture and about estate and, and building upon what you have in the property. So... Uh, they would have the father's house, and the son would live with the father and the daughters as well. But as, as the man becomes of age, they build on, on, in place of that house, like they build on top of that. They continue to build for the sons and for their wives. So this is the part where the groom says, I will prepare a place for you at my father's house. It's because he's building more, so that way he has a room for his family as well. So as he leaves, this is interesting. Um, sometimes the betrothal process lasted even a year, right? So as you leave, you don't get to see the bride again. So, yeah, there's a little bit of uncomfort in here, like, where did my husband go? Where did my groom? So as he leaves, he leaves an, an expensive gift or something extremely meaningful and significant for the wife, and that's her assurance. He says, I will. I will come back for you. And until then, here, here that you're going to hold on to this, until I get, get back for you. And um, just please take this as an expensive gift and token that it's a promise that I will come back. Lastly, 
the man becomes, and this is, I say lastly, but there's, I try to filter down to some points here. Uh, the man becomes a covering of the bride in marriage. Remember, as we read in 1 Corinthians, if a woman does good, it glorifies the man. If the man does great, I mean, it glorifies God, right? So how does it play in the Bible? I have some verses here. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. This is talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's when the bride um, becomes, or we get, we get the bridegroom finally. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Remember, honor, glorify. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath what? Made herself ready. Please note that. The wife or the, the bride has made herself ready. Remember the betrothal process. You're getting yourself ready for that point where you can meet the groom again. All right, bride price. Here's a, here's a couple of versions here. Uh, kind of speed through these. But um, basically what happens is because the women are, are valued so highly and there is a bride price for them, uh, there's a couple of, so that should say Exodus 22 and, and Deuteronomy 22. This is an example of if, a man were to fall in lust and he were to take a virgin and, you know, have his way with her, then he actually owed the father a bride price. So this changes the standards of today's living, right? Dating and, and having premarital sex. I mean, you would think twice because uh, what he would owe the father is 50 shekels of silver. And I tried to do a little calculation before this. And that's a, at minimum wage, um, you know, translating the shekels of silver to dernari, which is a wage for one day, uh, it's about like $11,000. So for a one-night stand, $11,000, you better think twice, you know. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What ye know, not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We were bought at a price, and that price is so dear. It is greater than gold. It is greater than silver. It is greater than all the wealth of this world. There is nothing that can compare to the blood of Jesus Christ, and he put that on the cross for you. He bought you at a price. That is the most precious thing I've ever heard. Bread and wine. Oh, this one is awesome, too. All right, Matthew 26, 29. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. So there was two times that they broke bread and wine. The first time was to initiate the betrothal. The second time was at the marriage supper of the lamb, or the, the wedding, I would say. But in this case, it's the marriage supper of the lamb. So that's why he promised us he will not drink of this cup again until we enter into the father's kingdom because we will join the bridegroom. Amen. All right, assurance. This is, I mean, all of this is amazing, really. Uh, John 14, verse 1 through 4, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there was not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. I mean, I, it's starting to hit me. The Songs of Solomon is starting to pop up and like, wow, I'm loved like Jesus loves me. Yeah, I, and, oh, man, sometimes whenever I talk about this, I even am drawn to tears. And it's important, men, it's okay to cry, you know. Uh, 
I, I think I'm drawn to tears because sometimes I forget that I need to be loved too. Yeah. You know, as men, the weight of the world is resting on our shoulders, right? We have to be the tough guy. We have to provide, protect. But whenever I, I hear, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Let's try to get through this. John 16, verse 5 through 7. Um, <clears throat> there's a frog in my throat. Excuse me. It's the tie is tie too tight. That's your son. Uh, but now I'm going away to one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. <clears throat> Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So we have received Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. Holy Spirit will lead us through all truths, everything he will reveal to us. He will always glorify Jesus Christ, and Jesus will always glorify the Father. Lastly, he's covering the bride. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11 again. Man is the glory of God, uh, but woman is the glory of man. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they took of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and we see that God approached Adam. Eve was the first one that took. Mm Mm-hmm. I have some words for Eve. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, God addressed Adam. Adam was watching. He approved of it. I, I, I think I, some, I unraveled some teachings here. I'm excited for them. Okay, I have words for Adam now. All right. And uh, in second, oh, so that, the main point of that is, you know, the husband, the husband, yeah, the main point is it's Adam's fault. It's always a man's fault. No, the main point is the husband takes the hit. The husband is the protector, the provider. He is responsible. He is the head. And, and it sounds nice to have a nice position like that, but also it comes with its, its tasks and its responsibilities. Second Corinthians chapter five, it says, for God hath made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness of God in him. So Jesus, who did not know sin, he never sinned. He was a perfect, blemishless lamb. He was pinned on the cross for our transgressions. And so because of that, we, are, we have become his righteousness. So when God sees us, he sees the son through marriage, right? Amen. All right, so the question you guys have been waiting for, how do we become a bride? Me, me, me. I want to be a bride, right? <laughs> and, and, of course, I think I, I, it took a while to find this picture, but I thought, Pastor Stan, you would like it because it had a white horse. <laughs> you, like, you like accuracies. So um, for, for the people in this world that do not know what we're talking about, the believers of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is for you. It says, How can light live in darkness? You know, we were called light. We are the children of light. How can light live in darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with the unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Those are contradictory things, right? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out. From among, come out from among 
unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Do not touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. For those of you in the world, it is time to be called out of the world. Right now is time to be called out. You know, even, even Moses, his name means to be drawn out, to be drawn out. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has called every single one of us in this place out. Glory to God. Glory to him. So you have an opportunity today to think about it. This, this is for you. Do you want to live in freedom? Do you want to live in freedom away from the power of sin, the power of fear? This is for you. And for the rest of us, for my fellow brethren, for my sisters in Christ, those of you that are tied to the law, that are trying so hard, that are toiling to be perfect, keep on going. It's good. It's good. For God says, be perfect, for I am perfect. Be holy, for I am holy. But remember that you are not held down by the law. Remember that the law was only exposing the sin in your life and is only showing the, the characteristics of Father God. It is glorifying him and saying, this is who we need to be, right? So remember that Jesus died for the sins. He didn't die in vain. So it's not by our works. We're saved through grace and, and not through works so that no man may boast. So remember, find your rest whenever Jesus Christ, he laid on the cross and he said, it is finished. It is finished. So now, what do we do? Just betrothed. Ding, 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 ding. So now, you have a question. You have a fork in the road. Do you want to be the bride of Christ? I know. I mean, I want to hear a roaring yes. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we can do a little bit better than that. I know it's the morning time, but let's say hallelujah on three, two, one. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. So we are betrothed, and so we need to hold ourselves upright as such. We need to prepare our, our house. We need to prepare ourselves for one day the groom is coming, and it will be like a thief in the night. We will never know when he's coming. Only the Father knows, and we have to be prepared. We have to have our lamp ready filled with oil. We have to be watching, diligent, always prepared, waiting for that time to come and encouraging one another to do the same. Amen? Amen. So that is the message for today. Be the bride of Christ. We are. Hallelujah. So I don't know how I'm doing on time. All right. And of course, I left time for Pastor Stan. <laughs> Well, when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, this is talked about in Daniel chapter 7. We are brought before the ancient of, or Jesus is brought before the ancient of days. This is, where's your clicker? This happens right here. Okay, see if you see my, okay, so let me back up. Jesus returns for us, let's put it this way, let me back up, okay, at first fruits. First fruits. This is where Jesus returns the very next time, resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around with him for 50 days. Then on Pentecost, that's when we are the wheat. We go then to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what he's talking about this morning. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, he comes forth and see, serves us. At the marriage supper, Daniel 7 uh, talks about where he's brought before the Ancient of Days. That's the Father. 
and he is given uh, dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, that all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey him. At the marriage supper, we only get a wedding garment. That's talked about right here. Okay, Jesus groomed. He is, we get a wedding garment. We get to watch him brought before the ancient of days. We get to watch him change from become the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Change from becoming the uh, Prince of the kings of the earth to become the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is glorified. We do not get our glorified body yet. We only get a wedding garment there. He comes forth and serves us. For about four months, we are at the wedding feast, the wedding supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. About four months later, it says right here, then he returns with us. He is given a white horse. We are giving white horses. We still don't get a glorified body yet. We return with him. So as he is leading, behind him are two angels with the sharp sickles that slash the grapes, and I'll answer that in a second. Then the armies in heaven, of which we are a part. We get to ride back with him on those white horses. We get to see him vanquish his enemies. That's when he treads the winepress and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. That's when he is serving up his vengeance. Then with the breath of his nostrils, he brandishes his sword, which is the morning star, and he goes, that morning star goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire, be able to see the channels and the sea at that point, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the hills melt like water running down a steep place. This is when every mountain falls, every valley is filled in, the earth shakes, and there is no more sea. And as that morning star leaves his mouth and goes to the earth, it cleanses the earth of all sin. All of the tares fall to the ground on a pile of ashes and bones. How do we know the bones survive? Because in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it says that it takes seven months for them to bury the bones of the people killed in that one battle. It takes seven months for the fowls of the earth to eat the flesh. Wait a minute, I thought you said that had one guy come up. Wait a minute, I thought you said that Jesus turns them to piles of ashes and bones. Where is this that the, 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 the birds eat the flesh? And where is this that the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs? I said, that's the two angels that return with the sharp sickles. They slash the grapes. Jesus burns the tares. What's the difference? Where do tares live? Tares live among the wheat. They sit in the pews next to the wheat, but they're not the wheat. Okay? What about the grapes? Well, grapes aren't grown among wheat. Grape nations are those nations that have almost no Christians in them. Grapes are large groups of people that are just going to be tossed into the fire, except for they are slashed with the, the two sickles, with the two angels, the sharp sickles. And so the blood rises of the horse bridle by the space of 1,600 furlongs. And when he returns, he returns to the Mount of Olives. Now, if you've been to Israel, you know that the Mount of Olives, 
where it's located, and just outside of the Mount of Olives, just outside of the city, there's a wine press. And that's where Jesus, that's where Gethsemane, when he went in and prayed, Gethsemane, as they pronounce it in Israel, uh, and that's where he was slain. That's where his blood fell down and hit the ground. There was a crack in the ground, went down through the crack, fell on the Ark of the Covenant, fulfilling all of the Levitical covenants concerning sacrifice. And when he returns the next time, oh, let me back up. On Passover, uh, when he rode into the city and on a donkey, there's a picture of him returning for the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's returning, I should say, for the Feast of Trumpets. When he returns on white horses with us following. And as, as, as after he has returned... That's when he blows that glory down, that morning star, as it hits the earth, hits the tares, they're burned to a pile of ashes and bones. But as it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we get a glorified body. We get all of our mantles, our crowns, our rewards, and at that instant, for us, eternity begins. We never sin again, never hurt again, never thirst again. Uh, and then 10 days later is the Feast of Atonement. That's the people that are dead, not in Christ. They never had the opportunity to receive Jesus. They report there, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book is open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them. And death and hell, am I going too deep here? <laughs> death and hell <laughs> delivered up the dead which are in there, and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire that happens here on the feast of atonement five days later it's the new Jerusalem I John saw the news the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband that happens here that's where we get our mansions so, to summary, the next time Jesus returns, it's here in First Fruits. Walks around for 50 days, trying to recruit the last people, trying to say that it's just about over. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, we watch him change from prince to king. Four months later, we ride back on white horses with him for the Feast of Trumpets, and that's when we get our glorified body. Yes? Is that a good deal? Okay. So we've got a lot of guests here. So let me explain about what? Yeah, we can go ahead and go to the break. You can go to the break anytime now. So uh, we've got bread back there. Now, this is not just any bread. This is homemade whole wheat bread. This is where... We take wheat berries, put it into a grinder. 30 seconds later, we have flour. We put that into a bread machine along with six other ingredients. Push a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, we have a whole. And uh, Freddie brought bread. I brought, he brought. Well, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're so happy for you that have joined us on um, on the internet, um, watching on YouTube, and all the also on the Prophecy Club. 
And also for all of our visitors and all of you that are here today, uh, we've got a special today today because we're going to be ordaining Jonathan and Kate Gallo in, in the office of the as a pastor here at the church. We're happy to do that. So, but there are some announcements we need to make before we get into that. There's uh, we are meeting in the church in the park next Sunday. Uh, we have flyers. I think. Let me see what you've got. Okay. So can you hand that to your mom? We're going to hand out the flyers with the the map as to as to where the park is. And you need to be there by 10 a.m. <laughs> that's great. Okay. So that's going to happen on Saturday. Excuse me. Yeah. No, Sunday. No. Whatever day. Whatever day I've put down, y'all be there. Uh, so, <laughs> Sunday. And we're also going to have an ice cream contest because Enzo wants to win a trophy. All right. So he'll be the one to beat. And he's already got a plan. He's been telling me. So he's, he's going to be on the ice cream contest. So um, we want others to join in. We don't want him to get all three trophies. Or do you? You might as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But we want, to, we want to try a bunch of different ice creams. So I hope that you'll sign up for this so we can hand that over to Judith. Can you be up here to grab these things? So we, that will be signed up for the ice cream contest. Make sure you bring it. Stay, being able to stay cold at the park. Also bring a scooper and uh, whatever else you need for your cookies. And then um, on Saturday, now we need those. You can hand those out now. Okay, now on Saturday, I kind of got ahead of myself, but Saturday, before we have a party on Sunday, we're going to meet here and clean the church. Just a whistle while you work. I can't whistle, but. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll put on some praise and worship music. How about that? Uh, but that is going to be our spring cleaning day at the church, so please come. And it'll be from 9 to noon on Saturday. Who's coming to help? Raise your hands. Okay, great. We, we want your help. Awesome. Bring your cleaning supplies, old rags. Uh, we do have a vacuum here, but if you have another vacuum that's easy to bring, bring that. Um, and then Marcus and Jessica are going to come up here after that and, like, really clean the carpet. So that'll be great. So you have that pet going around. Now we have um, the fellowship sign-up sheet for starting in June. So we'll pass that around also. All right. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Yay. I'm always afraid she's going to stage dive. Somebody will catch me. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Is there any other announcements that I've missed? Because there's always a lot at the beginning of the month or the end of the month. I think I said it. I think I said it all. Are there any prayer requests out there? Do any of you all have prayer requests? Can you share it? Okay. To, to, they're still beginning to try to work with God. A lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. So she, okay. Uh, and the revelation from the Lord to uh, walk with God. Okay. Okay. And her name is Christina. Okay. Christine. So we'll play for Christine. Yeah, Melissa. 
needs to get saved. The unknown name brother needs to get saved. Okay, thank you. Praise God. Um, yes, soon he can you grab a mic, come up here and help me pray so, so I can remember all these. Okay, Gloria. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Rosaline. Rosaline. Rosalie. Okay, Rosalie. Okay, so Rosaline, Christine, and then the brother. All right, and then we need to pray for Priscilla. All right, party. Oh, yes, Tony, I think the lights are in the way. So, so he had like flooding going on in his house. So we need to pray for that to be quickly resolved and family get back together and the family can be and, helpful and to get through. To, to get, closer to get closer to the Lord. Okay. Yes. Antoine. Okay. Okay. All right. So to come to the. Okay. All right. Let's stand. Let's pray. Was there someone else I missed? So if we pray for Christine and Antoine, come here and just a Rosalie. Yeah, I can pray for Rosalie and then also Christine. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We just give you all the praise and honor and glory. We ask that you anoint this service today. Lord, thank you for anointing the praise and worship. Thank you for our guests that are here today. Thank you for all that you've done in our lives and that you're just, we just can't thank you enough for all the things that you do for us. We see the little things, but sometimes we forget to say thank you. So we do that. And also, Lord, we ask that, that there are some big requests right here today that need to be answered. And Lord, I, I pray for Priscilla right now first. Lord, she's in a lot of pain this morning, today more than usual. We just say in the name of Jesus, be healed, and we cancel that pain in her body right now in Jesus' name. We say no more. Devil, you've had enough time with her. It's time that, that the Lord, you, that you move out of the way so the Lord can just heal her completely. We just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. We say be healed, Priscilla. Be healed. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Also, Lord, I'll pray for uh, Tony. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bring in the finances, bring everything back together to bring his house in order. Lord, you say that everything is done decently and in order. And so, Lord, it's been uh, a time now that there have not been any kind of resolve. So we ask in the name of Jesus that this will be taking place quickly, that you'll give them the whole family peace, peace that passes all understanding through the whole situation so they know that you are with them. And, Lord, also for his daughters, because of through this, what they're going through, that they'll get closer to you, Jesus. You'll bring them into the kingdom fully in the name of Jesus. And that you'll cancel all plans and attacks right now in the name of Jesus. We cancel them. They say no more in Jesus' name. We thank you for all the healing of the family. We also thank you for the restoration of the home. And we thank you that this family will be back together very quickly. Father God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in Christine and Donald's life, Lord. 
it looks messy. It looks like it's out of order, and looks like it's the winds and uh, rains and the thunder and everything is coming at them, Lord. But I know you have a plan for them, Lord. Yes. And amidst of all this havoc and all these things coming at them, Lord, and you have a perfect plan for them, to you to draw them, and you to do you well on their life, Lord. So I speak that restoration. I speak that peace. I speak that encouragement in their life, Lord, and comfort to broken heart, Lord. And I ask you to touch both of them and know who you are and walk in your way, Lord, and bring the people and surround them with your love. Bring the people who they need be counseled and be encouraged, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, because I know its outcome is the victory, Lord. And I thank you. You write their name in the book of life. You're working on them, Lord. So I want to thank you and give you glory. And I lose peace in their life and their heart. And restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray for Melissa. She doesn't know the name of her brother, but you know who he is. We ask that the Holy Spirit go and draw him into the kingdom right now in Jesus' name. We speak to you. We speak to you, brother. Come into the kingdom. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We remit your sins right now. We say, look, look, look that the Lord is drawing you into his kingdom. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that peace that you'll give Melissa when she knows that her brother is saved. We pray for Anton. The Father God, we bring Rosalie to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know the, the whole circumstances, Lord. But I come against that devourer. I come against that person. That spirit is coming to attack the little one, Lord, and the family. So I say to lose them now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, to lose your angels that you assigned for her, Lord, to protect her. And there's no harm and danger will come night them. And I ask you, Lord, to give the family a comfort and peace. And you are with them and you're watching over them. And we draw the bloodline over the family and the little one right now in the name of Jesus. That one who took the baby, you let her go now in the name of Jesus. Come back to the where she's blown. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, I pray for Antoine. Lord, he's not in your kingdom. He has not accepted you. He's believing a lie. She's, he's believing the false God. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak to Antoine. We say your, your spiritual eyes, they need to be open to see who the true God is. We, we, in the name of Jesus, we declare you're brought into the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit, go and knock on his heart. And give um, also Eric just the right words to say that, that will be the right words that will just draw him into your kingdom. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And for those of you that are online watching, if there's any sickness among you, we just declare healing to you right now in Jesus' name. If you're calling on the Lord to bring into your loved ones, into the kingdom of, of God, and to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we pray in agreement with you that they're coming in. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Morning, morning, everybody. How are we doing? Hello. 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 
Good morning. It's good to see all of you here with us today. Uh, It's time for tithes and offerings. So we have two, and right now we're going to do the one for the church. So um, in here, we do a prophetic act. So you bring your tithes, your offerings to the storehouse. So this bucket, this purple bucket here, if you would, go ahead and come forth and bring your your tithes and offerings to the storehouse. Um, and real quick, I'll give you just a short little little uh, testimony. We all go through our situations from time to time. And I just want to share with you that through our giving unto the Lord, when the provisions uh, need to be made, they are. The Lord sees what you do. He sees your giving, he understands, and he will bless you. Sharon and I, every time we have circumstances, we always say the Lord provides, and he absolutely does. There's no question there. And so when we say that to each other, we're just simply encouraging each other in faith and belief that through our giving, the Lord sees, he knows, and he always, always provides. Will you hand that to me, please? Thank you very much. Lord, this morning we want to say we trust you. Amen. We trust you. We trust you. We know. Amen. We can't trust anyone else, but we know we can trust you. Hallelujah. We give not begrudgingly or of necessity yes. because we know that you love a cheerful giver, and we trust you. We're giving this to you to win souls, to build your kingdom. Lord, I ask you to bless them back in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, you are great and mighty, and we do trust you, for you are the great and mighty. You have, you have paid the price so that our provisions are met, and we give unto you with a glad, a glad heart good tidings and great joy. And Lord, we appreciate and, and we bow before you at your throne, and we say thank you for all the doors that you have opened for us, including the giving and the blessings. And we love you and thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, thank you. Thank the Lord, no? We have a family. We have prayer, prayer warriors. And now... This is for the missions. Okay, what a blessing. No, there's so many people out there that need the Lord. And all over the world. And we're going to go and get them. So give with all your heart. God bless you. This is for the missions. We only have five more months and we will be going to Honduras. Okay, God bless you all. Thank you. Oh, that's right. We're going to pray. <laughs> I haven't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. I don't know where to God bless us, a cheerful giver. And all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's one more. Lord, we thank you for this 
heartfelt offering. We ask you to receive it and touch it. Honduras, Cambodia, Pakistan, Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. Let it go and produce fruit for your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, and I ask you to return it back to the people a thousandfold in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this blessing, Lord, that we could go, Lord, and that you supply in all our needs according to your riches and glory. That's Christ Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. If I can have um, the Youngs and the Gallows up here. Can you hear me, though? <laughs> Y'all mind getting on the other side and I'll put Stan over here. Can you go knock on the door? Mm-hmm. We're waiting on our leader. <laughs> this is a, an exciting <laughs> this is an exciting day for Jonathan Kate. Um I'm so happy that you have come here to support them and uh, also the church to support them. Do you want to do Catherine first? That's fine. Okay. Okay. Hang hang on just a minute. Let me just finish my statement. Hang over here. There we go. Uh, So we're glad that you've come here to to welcome them as a pastor of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Uh, It is well-earned. They have, you know... One of the things that you want to do is make sure that uh, whenever some kind of gift is bestowed upon someone or that you're giving them a, a, a next step, that they've earned the right, and they have earned the right many times over. So uh, they've been through training and also bringing messages and uh, just loving the people, and they have prophetic voice in them, but they also have a very loving pastoral heart in them also. So we're, we're thankful that they are here today. It says, the Spirit of Prophecy Church, Certificate of Ordination. I want to to say again what I said last night. You didn't get to hear this. I'm going to go back to this. It was probably 1997 or 8, somewhere in there. We were doing a crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at a big church. Had about 700 people at the meeting. And before we were... That like the day before we were setting up, the pastor says to me, are you and Leslie ordained? And I said, nah, piece of paper. No, no, we're not. He said, well, you need to be ordained. Fine, whatever, you know. I didn't think anything to it. So the next day, he called us up in front, and he did what I'm about to do with those two, and he ordained us. And as he laid his hand upon us, a new spirit came on us. Mm-hmm. And I found out that there is something very powerful and very important to this ordination. This is not just a piece of paper. This is before God moving from, how should I say, the laity to service. Moving from the pew to the pulpit. Moving from a position 
to be served to become the position of the servant, to serve the people. And when we anoint you with the oil and lay hands on you, you will be ordained before God, and he will give you a new spirit. Spirit of Prophecy Church Certificate of Ordination as Pastor. This certificate is presented to Pastor Catherine Gallo, and from henceforth you will refer to her as, do you want it Pastor Kate or Pastor Kate? Well, how do you want to be referred to? <laughs> Pastor Kate. Pastor Kate it is. Meets the requirements for the ordination of a pastor and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and is hereby commissioned to speak the word of God, teach the word of God, preach the word, and minister in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and other functions of the church and is hereby awarded the certificate by the Spirit of Prophecy Church. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. But watch, thou in all things in your afflictions do the work of the evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. But it wasn't going to change. I'll fix it. Well, actually, I'll have Bernice fix it. <laughs> and Pastor Kate is ordained, ordained to preach the gospel and may have opportunity to exercise spiritual gifts in the works of ministry and to perform all the duties of the ministry as of this 13th day of 30th, April. 30th. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Don't listen to what I say. Listen to what I meant to say. 30th day of April. Try it again. 13th day of no, April. 30th. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. God, I'm looking like Biden up here. Maybe I'm going to be a president someday. 30th day of April, 2023. Apostle Stan Johnson, Prophet Leslie Johnson, Prophet Sun Hee Young, and Apostle Lou Young. You accept this? Do you accept this? And the congregation that agrees, please raise your hand. Okay? So, hey, will you accept this? Hey, let's anoint both of them at the end of this okay. time. Can someone hand that to him, please? Do you want me to read the whole thing again? No. Your Spirit of Prophecy Church Certificate of Ordination as Pastor. This certificate is presented to Pastor Jonathan Gallo. And you want to be referred as Pastor Jonathan or Pastor John or? Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan. Okay, Pastor Jonathan. From henceforth, Pastor Jonathan. This 30th day of April 2023, Apostle Stan Johnson, Prophet Leslie Johnson, Prophet Sun Hee Young, and Apostle Lou Young. And do you accept this ordination? I do. Congratulations. Those of you who agree, raise your hand, please. Okay. The anointing may start. I'm going to ask you to do something even more. If you accept them as a pastor of this church, would you please stand? I believe you have 100%. You know what I mean? It's awesome. Congratulations. We want to pray for you. Vote of the people. You can be seated. You may be seated. So, Kate, I will let you You have a chair since you're in this beautiful dress. Let me move it over there more. Do 
<laughs> Great. And Jonathan, I, I, if you can, would you kneel? Yes. You kneel? <coughs> can you hold it for me? I'll start, but they all can pray, okay? Lord, I just anoint right now Pastor Kate in the name of Jesus. Pastor Kate, we just anoint you in the office of not only a, a prophet, but as a pastor. And we thank you, Lord, for touching her, and we ask you for her to be able to feel your anointing. Give her teaching, give her dreams, give her visions. Lord, bless her this day and every day. And, Lord, let them be an example to your people, an example to your people wherever they go. And we thank you for just giving her a pastoral heart that is so loving, so kind, and how she just releases joy to all those that are around her. Even when they're going through difficult times, we thank you for that gift that you have bestowed upon her. And we, we recognize her as pastor of this church in Amen. Jesus' name. Jonathan, anoint you in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as pastor, anointing, and this ordination as pastor of this church. And Lord, we know that as pastors, they're pastors everywhere they go. Not just the church people here at Spirit Prophecy Church, but everywhere they go. We thank you for the prophetic anointing that you have upon him also, and the love and the pastoral heart that he has. I ask that you bless both of them with a, a supernatural gift of healing and miracles. And, Lord, especially in these days to come, like just stir up that gift inside of them. Make it more known in the name of Jesus. Increase the dreams. Increase the vision. Continue to give him that teaching anointing with the messages that you lay on his heart to bring. We thank you for them. We are blessed by them, and we learn from them. And so we thank you so much. And we anoint you now as pastor, pastor of Spirit Prophecy Church. Hallelujah. Lord, it is a privilege and an honor to serve you. And I agree with Leslie and what she said, and we anoint both of them. Here, let me do it this way. Give me a little. We anoint both of them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and we proclaim them pastors. And that, Lord, sometimes we don't exactly know what we're supposed to do, but Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would show them what you'd have them to do to be a pastor so that, and not just pastor, but they would move on through all the way up to the, the apostle position and that they would be blessed and that when they cross the finish line, they would hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Ask them to give them your pastor anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, I thank you for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for your concern. Thank you for the calling, anointing of this couple you joined together as your daughters and your son, yet, and your servant, Lord. I thank you, Lord, you brought them in this time and this season 
to elevate them. Lord, you ordain and the people recognize. So I thank you for all the gifting, all the promises, and all the inheritance you have for them in spiritually and naturally. Lord, as a prophet of God, I release everything you put it inside of them before they were even made. I release it right now in the name of Jesus, and I remove everything it's been blocking, everything it's been covering. I lift the covering off, and I loose the blocking now. And that things, the Lord put it in you, the gifting and calling to come forward now in the name of Jesus. And I bless both of you, the work of your hand and your feet. And I ask the Lord, Father God, to give you wisdom and knowledge, understanding from you. They may walk in your way. And they will not compromise. And they will not please God, please man, but please you only. And please each other, Lord. I lose peace and joy and love among together, each other, and for other people, Lord. But I bless their heart right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Truly, God ordains and man recognizes. And we've done that here today. The Lord has ordained and man has recognized. And now I ask you, Father, to release the dormant gifts that you put inside of them, that this will be a new level and a new day, that from this day forward you begin to operate in a pastor anointing with all the other gifts. And I loose into you a uh, Isaiah 61 mandate that the signs of wonders shall activate. You already have but begin to see that fruit of raising the dead, casting out demons, healing the sick, the blind shall see, and the lame shall walk. I call it forth now and call it done by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As Jonathan said during his teaching this morning, let's all stand and shout a hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Well, so we present to you, oh, Pastor. Sorry. Oh, there we go. We present to you, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kate. You may... I started to say you may kiss yeah, the bride. <laughs> well, it's time for praise and worship, so you might as well stay standing. All right. Hallelujah. Well, keep standing. We're going to praise our God. He is mighty. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We left up his great and mighty name and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And we want to shout up from the rooftops in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. King of Kings. Hallelujah. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. Yes, you do, Lord. 
When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. Hallelujah. And there's nothing to fear, for I am safe with you. Till when I fight, I will fight on my knees With my head lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to you Every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you
of angels, son of man, voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, make your glory known. Hail, come on. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Come on, sing it out. Let the lion roar. Come on, we are the lions here. Hail, hail, lion Come on, let it out. Judah. Let, let your lion, lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Let the lion roar, hail, hail, 
Christ is 
Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasures you found. Because Jesus is coming. We thank you for this time. We can come and praise your glorious and mighty name. You are worthy, Father God. We can shout it from the rooftops and tell those around us that we believe in you, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We want to be here if it wasn't for you, Father God, and we thank you each and every single day. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise and worship. That was so anointed, so awesome. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. That was kind of lame, Beretta. Football stadium. Come on. Give the Lord praise. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yay. Or yay. Right? Little difference. Yeah, there we go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anyway. Boy, there's a lot of children here today. This is going to be fun for them in there. Huh? Awesome. By the way, um, again, welcome to all of our visitors. Uh, If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you. Uh, We have a card for you to fill out, and um, you can just put on there whether you want a phone call or not. It's but uh, we would like to just have your your name, and then you'll be getting a a pen. You can keep it. So before you leave, make sure. Also, before you leave today, after the the service today, after Pastor Stan gives us his message. We invite everybody to stay in honor of uh, Pastor Kate and Pastor Jonathan. They have ordered in roses for everybody. If you'd like to give a donation, there's a basket out there to donate for the food. But more than anything, they want you just to be with us and uh, have a good time of fellowship. So please stay afterwards. Lord, I ask that you anoint Pastor Stan. Lord, I know that you gave him the message yesterday and... uh, I thank you that he hears from you. I ask, Lord, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this morning and that we would have remembrance of your message as we go about the days and the weeks and the months to come. Now, Lord, bless him and touch him and anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet and again give us ears to hear. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Great and marvelous are the works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see you. When they see you and the heaven rolls back like a scroll. The rich men, the great men, the chief captains... Every free man, every bond man will hide themselves in the dens and the rocks and say to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? Lord, we ask for your anointing to come into the room. We did not show up here to hear words. We showed up to have fellowship with you. So Lord, we ask your anointing to touch everyone in the room Fill us up, strengthen us, and prepare us for the fight ahead and the victory ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about the Good Shepherd. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. As I said when we were praying over the offering, 
Jesus tells the truth. He is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by Him. He is the door. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus is the correct fill in the blank there. By the way, we have a Friday night Bible study. And the reason is, it's because I need it. I've been doing the Bible study since uh, 1987. And I've read through it, I don't know how many times, lots. But I still need to go through it again. Because we forget. Right? There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man... Christ Jesus is the fill in the blank there. Christ Jesus. So let's look at a few scriptures. When the Bible says, verily, verily, it says, I'm saying it and it plays now, but I'm also saying it because it plays, again, there's a deeper meaning. There's a superficial meaning, but there's a deeper meaning. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that entered in, entereth not by the door. Who's the door? Jesus is the door. No man comes to the Father. There is not another way. You can't sacrifice animals and get there. There's not another God. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It's a free gift. He's the door. Verily may I say, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold. What's the sheepfold? That would be heaven. That would be eternity. The sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as the thief and the robber. In other words, if someone tells you there's another way to reach eternal life, they're lying. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. Don't be deceived. By the way, we are coming into a time of great deception. I mean, just like they're telling us Biden's president. Yeah, that was a good place for at least a chuckle. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. There's the shepherd. He's the shepherd, okay? To him the porter openeth, in other words, the father openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Have you heard the voice of God lately? This should be the correct answer. (laughs) We should be hearing him. By the way, if, if you, would you like to know a sure way to hear from God? Yeah? Okay, here's the prayer. Lord, if there's anything I need to change, speak to me about it. I remember, I don't know, 25, 6, 7, I don't, I don't know, I never, I, I never was going to talk about it, so I never made note of the day or the year. But one day... The Lord spoke to my heart and said, you need to start praying to me. I thought, what a trouble, okay. So I, some of you heard the story before. So after, (laughs) a few of you heard the story. So after I finished scratching Leslie's back for her to go to sleep, then I went into the other room and I got in and I started praying. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to, you know, I never spent that kind of time in prayer. And it was about the third or the fourth night. And 
he, he spoke to me. I mean, it was almost like having a conversation. He says, Stan, I'd like to say something to you. Okay, Lord, what do you want to say? He said, well, I want to talk to you about you. Hole in my head. I did not understand what was coming. I want to talk to you about you. Okay, Lord, what do you want to say? Well, I want to talk to you about the way you're treating people. Stupid. Okay, what is it? Well, you need to treat them with more kindness and love. Okay, Lord? <laughs> Show me what I'm supposed to do. And here comes this avalanche of bricks down. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, it was like everything I was doing seemed like it was wrong. Because he is so holy, he is so perfect, when we really try to walk like him and talk like him, yeah, that's right. The prophet says, can't do it. To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He leadeth in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we say, Jesus, come into my heart, it's not just about going to heaven, as I used to think as a young man. He comes into our heart and he starts saying, okay, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Broad is the gate. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go thereat. Come on. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few is the word I was looking for. Few there be that find it. In other words, it's not easy going to heaven. It's really easier to go to hell. If we just, like one person said, well, just do what's on your heart to do. Let me just tell you, you do what's on your heart to do and you will wind up in hell. Because it was put in our heart, probably from the days of Adam and Eve, that we would follow the ways of the serpent. But when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, he breaks that. And we are no longer a slave to sin. Thank you. I'm glad to hear someone's been reading their Bible. Okay, <laughs> Bible study Friday night at 6.30. <laughs> he leads us into the paths of righteousness. He starts speaking to our heart saying, this is what I want you to do, not that. Do it this way, not that way. Say it this way, not that way. And by the way, the, the voice of God in our house has a southern accent. The voice of God in Lou's house has a Korean accent. Some of you will get it. Let's move on. He, he calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He leads us into the paths of righteousness. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, what? When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his... What is this? What is this? What is this? What, what? He goeth before them. He went to heaven. He showed us the way. And when we follow him, we get to that eternity. Okay. Put it forth the sheep. He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yeah, but I mean, okay, but Pastor, I haven't, I haven't heard the audible voice of God speak to me. Well, I like what Leslie says about that. If you're listening, 
You don't have to get the audible voice. If you're getting the audible voice, it's because he's screaming at you because you weren't listening because he was already speaking a lot sooner. He's talking to us all. Problem is, we just don't like listening or we don't like what he's telling us to do. And a stranger, will they not follow? That means even with some of the commercials on the boob tube are filthy, much less the programs. But will flee from him. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake to them. Why? Because they were of the father, their father the devil. If you ever try to talk to someone about Jesus and they receive Jesus, it's like, man, it's an instant connection. Doesn't make any difference what language they speak, what color their skin, where they grew up, what their background is. If they have Jesus in their heart, there's an immediate connection, right? On the other hand, they could be a neighbor right next to you in school with you. <laughs> same color, same language, same, 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 same. And it's like, what? It's kind of like, you're a Democrat? <laughs> now I say that, the Republicans are not necessarily that good either. Okay, yeah. so. But sometimes we look at people, we, we want, what, what, what do you, where do you get that attitude, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that good attitude comes from right there. Because when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, he does. He puts his spirit in us. He starts taking that spirit of the world out. See, because we're supposed to come out of the world. You're supposed to fill in the blank. And be separate one to another, right? We're supposed to come out of the world. We shouldn't look like the world. We shouldn't walk like the world. We shouldn't talk like the world. We shouldn't dress like the world. We should come out and be separate. If your friends don't know you're a Christian, there's a problem. Here's another thing. If your Christians, if your friends, the only way they would find out that you're a Christian if you have to tell them, there's a problem. All of the guys I play racquetball with know I'm a pastor. I haven't had to tell any of them. The word gets around. He's a pastor. And they watch their mouth when I'm playing with them. There was one time one of them didn't. And it was about the second time he let out just a string of curse words. I stopped. And I said, you know I'm a pastor. And you know those words offend me and offend my God. And I would appreciate you not saying it. And he, he was frozen. It was like you could see the wrath of Almighty God was coming down on this guy. He didn't walk, but see, he understands still the power of Christ. He understands the power of the word, right? And that's the only time I've had to say anything. They all know I'm a pastor. We shouldn't have to tell them. Okay, let's go on. This parable spake Jesus to them, but they understood not. Sometimes people, if they have Jesus in their heart, they walk different. It's like, have you heard, have you ever said, well, you know, he walks to a different drummer. He walks to a different beat. She walks to a different beat. Well, it's true. A Christian 
we walk differently. Amen. Then said Jesus and them, Verily, verily, there's that double word again. So it says it's going to play twice. Verily, verily, I say unto you that I am the door of the sheep. So he's saying, yes, here on earth he's the door of the sheep, but also in heaven he is the door of the sheep. If you want to get to eternity, he is the way. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me were thieves, robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. If we're really his sheep, we won't listen to that stuff. I remember... I'm going to talk about Eric here for just a second. Eric had to come, I don't know, this was probably eight years ago. He was fairly new to the church. Prophet Leslie came up here and she says, I'm hearing someone is listening to filthy music. So, who is it? Someone is listening to filthy, I hear it. Someone is listening to filthy music. And Eric later said, man, the conviction came over me. I was ready to get up out of my pew, go run out to that car and get all of those CDs and throw them away. He said, but I wasn't going to admit it, you know, like right there in church. Leslie says, it's you, Eric, it's you. You have that filthy music in the car. <laughs> he tells the story a lot. He's pleased the fact that he threw it all away. Amen? Amen. Now he memorizes the word of God. He that dwelleth in the secret place. There we go. I'm the door. I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, what's he talking about? Go in and out. Does that mean we get to go to eternity and come back? No. What's the in and out? Revelation says, And he that keepeth my commandments will have right to the tree of life. He will be able to come into heaven or into the new Jerusalem, or he can go out into the world. Either one. That's all in eternity. The world at that time has no sin. Go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Oh, but it's okay. I mean, I can smoke a little. I mean, I can have a joint every once in a while. I mean, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can fool around every once in a while. I mean, my wife doesn't catch me. You know, I'm pretty good at it. No. If we walk the straight and narrow, it means we walk the straight and narrow. And that means we do it seven days a week. We don't walk over here in the world six days and cuss and all this other sort of filthy stuff. Oh, it's Sunday morning. Right? We're not fooling anybody. Because Jesus knows not just what we say, not what we just we do, he also knows why we do it, and trust me, he knows every thought. There have been times when I was sitting down <laughs> thinking, I wonder, if I, should, I wonder if I should do that, and I would feel the anointing touch me. I said nothing. So you're answering my question, and I didn't ask the question? Yes. 
I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he will be saved and should go out and find in and out and find pasture. The thief, however, comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life, and that means eternal life, and that they might have it, I would say, eternally. Eternally, not just abundantly. Yes. You know, you go to other countries. Have you been, like, for example, to Mexico? Leslie just got back to Pakistan. And you go to another country and you're appalled to see the conditions that they live in. And I remember when I came back from, I don't know, someplace. I got off the airplane and I got down my knees and I literally kissed the tarmac. I said, thank you, Lord. That you, right? Anybody ever felt like that? Went to another country? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, we are so blessed. So when he says, might have life and have it more abundantly, I would rather be a homeless beggar in America than live in another country. I'd have a better life. And so these people that are homeless and complain, I'm homeless. Well, put them up on an airplane and take them to some of the poorer parts of the world and they'll come back and say, man, I'm glad I'm homeless. <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. So he says, I'm come that you might have eternal life and that you might have that eternally. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And he did. Because when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, sin entered in. And then in all of their offspring, that sin continued down through. It's, it's the seed of the serpent. Continued. But when Jesus came and his blood came out of his side, ran down the crack in the earth, dripped on the mercy seat westward, it fulfilled the Levitical covenants concerning sacrifice. And with that, that very instant, it defeated Satan. Amen. See, Satan thought, ho, ho, this is the heir. This is the son of God. If we, can, if we can just kill him, then we get the kingdom. He's not so smart. Okay? God had a plan. And as soon as that blood hit the mercy seat westward, it fulfilled the Le- Levitical covenants and it set everyone that would receive it, free. Can you imagine, at the time in our life, when we were down and out, depressed, I mean, financially, you know, everything was falling apart. Anybody ever been there? If someone could have come up to you and said, how would you like to have a new lease on life? How would you like to have a fresh start? How would you like to have all of your sins washed away and start from afresh? That sounds good to me. That's what Jesus does. Amen. His blood washes all of our sins. Yeah, but, 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 but I accepted Jesus, you know, a little, long, long time ago. But, but I mean, I've, I've been sinning a whole lot since then. Well, Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. But if you back up and look what he said before that, he said, where are those thine accusers? They were all gone. He said, then neither do I accuse you. It's not saying it's okay to commit adultery, but he's saying his blood can wash it away. 
his blood can give you another shot. Now, I will agree, the Bible does say that there is some point in there, I don't know where it is, but Jesus knows he's the righteous judge. There's some point in there where he turns a person over to be a reprobate mind. He turns them over to the devil that they might learn not to sin. And we don't want to reach that point. We don't even talk about that point. Instead, we want to try to walk as clean as possible, right? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Sad to say, there are some of those that are standing in the pulpit and they're doing it. Well, I mean, Howard Pittman said when he died, he said there was a, a valve in his heart that just broke. He was pumping his blood into the, the body cavity. And he said, uh, you know, I came out of my body. He said, there was an angel there. He said, so, you know, I was a pastor. He said, so I turned to him and said, I want to talk to God. He said, talk. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Took him to the pearly gates. And he said, now, when you're outside of your body, you can hear for what seems to be like eternity. You can see for what seems to be Eternity. It's like there's no limit on it. He said, so he took me to the pearly gates, and he said, I looked up, I looked up, and I kept looking. I could not see the top of them. All made of one pearl. And I said, well, Lord, uh, as you know, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Trouble's about to hit, right? As you know, I'm a pastor. And... Uh, I'm here to ask you for 15 more years like Hezekiah. Boom. His face hit the floor. He said, I mean, I could not get my face off of the floor. And this booming voice spoke to me and said, your religion is dead. The works that you did were done for you. They were not done for me. They were done for you. So if you think... God can't speak to you, uh, rest assured. Matter of fact, how many of you have heard the voice of God? To some degree, I'm not saying necessarily audible, but you believe you heard the voice of God. If you haven't, you should be concerned. You should be concerned, and that should be on like your number one list. But he that's a hireling and not a shepherd whose sheep are not, he sees a wolf coming, Leaves the sheep, flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. But for the hireling, because he is the hireling and cares not for the sheep, Jesus is the good shepherd. Know my sheep and am known of mine. As this trouble hits, I know we have some guests today and you might be saying, trouble? What trouble? Well, there's a program out there called Prophecy Club, and they can update you with all of that. I don't bring that into the service most of the time. But I will say this, that there's a very, very real possibility over the next coming months, I'm not giving a number, but it won't be long, that the dollar is about to take a 30% dip. And the prophecies say it doesn't happen gradually over the process of months that we could adjust for. 
It is like Friday night, boom, Monday morning, everything has changed. It's like it happens instantly. Now, what would that mean? Okay, well, that means that probably everything you're going to be buying costs 30% more shortly. But that also means that the money you've been getting to pay your bills has now dropped 30% less. I hope we can stop that ringing in here, right? 30% less. So what does that mean? That means that very quickly we don't have the money to pay our bills. And that's why he's laid on my heart to speak to you today. He is the good shepherd. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He fed the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. Out of thin air, manna appeared every day, fed them. When they needed water, Moses struck a rock, which Leslie and I have been there, and also Brandon and Sharonda. We've been there. We've climbed on the rock he struck. I've been up there. I've got video on my phone. And I've been inside the rock. I can tell you that there's a big round space up there where apparently water was formed out of thin air. I have the video on my cell phone and I say, okay, so there's a big crack. But as you can see, water didn't come up from the crack. Water didn't come up from the ground and gush out of the middle of the rock. Instead, because the rock is like about four stories tall, it was formed at the top of the rock. It was formed out of thin air. If God wanted to, he could make water just start forming out of thin air right here, just running right down. Not a problem. But he's looking for people that do know him. He's looking for people that hear his voice. My sheep follow you. They know me. And those people are going to be cared for in a time of trouble ahead. As the far north me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I bring. <laughs> What's this? Not of this fold. It means he was talking to the Jews at the time. And I'm glad he said that because that's talking about us. <clears throat> now here's the point. What he spoke to my heart to say is you tell him I'm the good shepherd. I do not lie. I do not cheat. I do not alter that thing that has come out of my lips. I will take care of my own. Okay, we'll say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Okay, so that the question is, are we with him close enough to where he's going to get us taking care of us? Amen. We have to come out of the world, the things of the world, <clears throat> the things that do so easily beset. I challenge you. Either tonight or maybe tomorrow morning, get on your knees all alone, where no one's going to interrupt you. Just begin to start praying. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him to speak to your heart. Like one person said, they complain about the Bible, but it's not that they don't understand the Bible. It's that they don't like what the Bible says. He said, for example, did you notice he didn't call them the Ten Suggestions? He tells the truth. 
He will be there to provide and to protect. His sheep. What we need to do is make certain that we're a sheep. If we are his sheep, a good test is do we hear his voice? Get on your knees and say, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Speak to me. I assure you he's here. He's there. He's listening. And if he's not speaking, you should be concerned. If you're not hearing it, you should be concerned. He is speaking. The question is whether we're going to hear it. Lord, we ask that, <clears throat> that you would help us all to be prepared for the time of difficulty ahead and that we would all run the race past the finish line to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if there are things in our life that displease you, if there are things in our life that we need to change, speak to us, help us to change them. If there are things that are standing between us and you, help us to change them. If there's something we need to do to get closer to you, then help us to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you're watching online, if you'll slide down to the bottom, you can click and become a ministry member. If you want to, you can also donate. Of course, I highly recommend you donate if you want to be a part of his fold, if you want to be blessed. Uh, in the meantime, if you're here in the audience, if you have prayer requests, come on up, and Leslie will be happy to pray for you, and me too. <laughs> we'd be happy to pray for you. If not, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Oh, one more. Forgive my sins. Be my God. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for coming.